Mother-loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health, and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown, because this week's episode starts in three two, one. Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday morning or whatever morning it may be. It's Amber and Jenna here. We hope you've had a wonderful week thus far. And today we have a beautiful, beautiful guest on with us today, Rochelle Poitras, talking about holistic breast health and healing herbs. Thank you, Rochelle. I was going to call you Rachel, but I caught myself and then I outed myself, but it's Rochelle. (laughs) I know that. Uh, Thank you for joining us today, honey. We're really excited to get into this. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm really excited to to talk about this topic with you girls. And um, I'm such a fan of your podcast and the conversations you have. And um, yeah, I'm a bit nervous. This is the first podcast I've ever done. So I'm excited. Don't be nervous. Just imagine we're all in our underwear and we're all in the same room together. That may make it even more awkward. I don't know why they actually tell you to envision everyone in their underwear to not be as nervous. Yeah, it's a little weird, right? (laughs) Yeah, that is weird. Where'd that come from? But Um, but perfect for this topic. Exactly. Yeah, it is, right? Yeah, keep your shirts off and... uh, Get comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Let all hang out. No, honestly, it's just you, me, and Jenna in the room having a chat. Don't don't be nervous at all. It's all good. No, yeah, Jenna, do you have a definition for today's topic? Yes. Okay. So this is my definition, you know, take it or leave it. And I really think, Rochelle, you might want to add a lot to this and kind of take it in your direction. But this is my definition. So the female wisdom is the wisdom of the heart. And for many women, our hearts are overflowing with love and with feelings. And since our heart chakra is in the center of our chest, the breasts are an interesting body part to manifest outwardly from this place. Breasts can be attractive to partners, make the milk of love to nourish our newborns, and many things in between. Certain herbs and ancient wisdoms can aid us in our utmost health, wholeness, and happiness in this department. Hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that spin on, yeah. you know, the lens to view the boobies in. That's um, how I. That's how I view it. I love that, Rochelle. Do you have anything to add to our definition of today's topic? Yeah, I mean that's so beautifully put, and I think breasts for a really long time, and I think recently they've been kind of. I mean, there's such a beautiful gland of like nurturance and nourishment and love and security. And I think in our cultures, we've kind of stepped away from that a bit with, you know, how they become over-sexualized or they become judged for their size and whatnot. But they hold such wisdom and such strength. And they're such a part of a woman's identity. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, we see the rise in breast cancer rates and kind of imbalances. And I really think that it's just kind of symbolic of a woman's a woman's need to nurture herself more, to turn her attention inwards and to kind of put herself first, which 
I think women have an easier time putting others others before them um, instead of putting themselves first. Oh yeah, we know all about that. <laughs> I know, Husbands like everything you said, it was just and... like tick, tick, tick. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally. I love that. Jenna, do you have a little bio to introduce Rochelle before we really get into the good stuff? Yes, I have a, I have a little, tiny little bio. So uh, Rochelle is a holistic nutritionist and herbalist who has been exploring the realm of holistic breath health breast health in her quest to naturally heal 12 fibroadenomas and one benign tumor. She is the founder of Metanoia, an online journal dedicated to providing women with the best tools and most digestible information to empower them on their journey. And I just have to butt in there and say, you are doing such a brilliant job. I follow you on Instagram and Metanoia, if you're not following this account, you should because it is so beautifully done in in a visual sense, but the content is so fresh, such an interesting angle and perspective on breast health. And you're just, mm-hmm. you're dialed in with the herbs and health, but the femininity and totally. the visuals. It's the visuals. really beautiful. And so your Instagram is her metanoia, right? Yeah. It's her underscore metanoia. So yeah, it's, I would totally recommend checking out that Instagram because I also follow it and I always like, like every picture because they're always beautiful. Thank you. And they're, always a, and they're always of boobies, you know. Yeah, so always. <laughs> done so tastefully. Done yeah. so tastefully. Every and single time, it's like sexy, but also tasteful, as it's a hard and also like healing and empowering. So it's just an yeah, amazing like, like line to walk. Yeah. If you can combine kind of like the aesthetics with some information, like it's not just about. I think we can get caught up in Instagram with just the visuals, but there's nothing really to kind of back that photo but if you can you know pull someone in with a photo and then give them a really great piece of information that will help them support them that they can take away then it kind of those are the those are the accounts that I really enjoy where mm-hmm. I get something that's really useful and I can use um in my life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you really uh, do that it's oh. wow good job thank you so much Good job. And so I would love to start off by asking you, Rochelle, what is your personal experience with this topic? Jenna mentioned in your bio, you've been through some health issues. Uh, Do you want to get into that story with us? Absolutely. Yeah. So my kind of journey started when I was in my early 20s. I had, I discovered my first fibroadenoma. And for those who might not know, fibroadenomas are benign breast tumors. And fibroids are benign tumors that are found in the uterus around the ovaries. So those are, they get, those two words can get kind of um, interchanged or mixed up a bit. But so I found my first fibroadenoma in my early 20s. And it was absolutely nerve wracking because I had no idea what it was. I just knew that it was something that shouldn't be there. So I oh went, gosh, the worst, right? <laughs> I mean, You're like, oh, I have cancer, I'm going to die. That's oh just being, gosh. especially at that time, I've always been very kind of nervous and anxious and a mm-hmm. bit of a hypochondriac. So finding anything that was out of the ordinary was just, yeah, a straight shoot to, oh my yeah. God, it's the absolute worst. Like I'm dying. It is, you know, life is over. Um, and I was really someone that's always internalized things. I've never been one to be really vocal to kind of run to my parents and be like, Oh my God, this is what I found. Like, I didn't tell anyone that I had found this, not even my mom for a while. Um, I was just so terrified. And so I'd gone to the doctors, 
And they told me, like, don't worry. I had a biopsy because it was of a certain size. It was over an inch, which is the size they like to make biopsy and recommend surgery. And so I had the biopsy. It came back. They're like, it's fibroadenoma. The doctors were like, don't worry. It's really common. And I've come to learn since then that just because an issue is common or shared by many women doesn't mean it's normal. It doesn't mean that it should be there. And it is something. It's a sign that your body's communicating with you that, you know, something is out of balance. There's something that you need to be paying attention to. So I had the, the results and they said, okay, we recommend surgery. And I thought, yes, of course, like, let's go for the surgery. And the team was, I mean, the doctor was wonderful. He was really like caring and compassionate. And um, so I had it removed. And I really thought that after the surgery, I was like, great. I really thought that I was quote unquote healed, that I had nothing to worry about. The salute, you know, the problem's been fixed. We have nothing to, yeah, life goes on. Everything's sorted. Like, it's great. And several years later, another lump started to grow in the exact same spot where I had the surgery. Mm. And it started to grow and grow and grow. And it got to a point where it was fairly large. And so I went to the doctors again. And this was a different doctor. And it was so large, it was about over two inches at this point. And so they took five biopsies and to check, you know, and I thought, I thought at this point that it was just another fibroadenoma, but I came back and this time they diagnosed it as a phylloides tumor. And phylloides is basically, it just means it's Greek for um, leaf, uh, which was the shape of the cell. So the shape of the cells are leaf shaped and it's quite rare. And the, one of the doctors called it like cancer's cousin. And I was like, oh shit, like oh, this is, that doesn't, this sound, is, good. Word. doesn't sound like a Two nice C cousin. No. And I thought like, this is a big wake up call. Like something's going on and I need to figure this out. And at this time too, so I have this large tumor that's growing. And I also had other fibroadenomas that had grown as well. Um, so I, at this point I had had up to 12 fibroadenomas oh, and man. I had the, the tumor. And so I was referred to a surgical oncologist because, you know, my thought was like, okay, well, here, you know, let's have another surgery. We'll get this one removed as well. I went to the surgeon. I thought I had two separate appointments with her. And both times I walked out of there feeling so discouraged and felt so frustrated because she was so, her bedside manners were really poor. Um... She was really, she wasn't interested in answering any of my questions. She couldn't answer my questions. She had no kind of, she didn't, I don't think she knew exactly why these issues were showing up in women. And her examination was really rough. And I was like, you know, I really expected to, from a women's surgeon, I expected more, a bit more empathy, a bit more compassion. And that's just really what I wasn't getting from her. And I felt just so much reluctance to work from her. I just, I wasn't comfortable. I didn't, I didn't feel supported and I didn't feel, I didn't feel, yeah, I didn't like her. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I didn't like you her You got to trust all. that. And she, yeah, you really do. And when your body, your body really does speak to you. And I thought to myself, okay, if I'm going to go, if, if I'm going to have this surgically removed, 
I wanted to be with a doctor that I really like and I feel really comfortable with and I feel supported and who is going to make an attempt at answering my questions. And if not, maybe they can refer me to someone who can. And so I thought to myself, okay, like we're not, we're not working with her. Like this is not, I'm not impressed. And she was, you know, she was, she came highly recommended. She's an expert in her field. And that taught me something that just because someone's highly recommended or they're an expert in their field, I'm sure she was great at what she does. I mean, I think her job is to go in, remove the mask that's not supposed to be there. But if you're looking for additional support, um, don't be afraid to go elsewhere and you don't owe anyone anything. You don't have to work with someone if you don't want to. And also, to. as you said, trust um, your instinct, you know, even though everyone's saying this is a top person in the field, the expert, you have to go with her. And your intuition is like, mm, I'm not resonating. There's something's up here. You, that's what you go with. Not what everyone else is saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Your body knows, your body knows. And it was like, I didn't want to expose myself. I didn't want to be on the surgical table, cut open and be so, and, be, and have her energy around pushing me. you like, around. I didn't, take, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to take any of that energy in my body. So I said like, amazing, no, like, amazing that you said something, you know, cause so many people were was, just not. And it was a hard decision to make because I had seen her twice over two years. And so I kind of just kept like, you know, pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And I was like, no, like this just doesn't resonate. I'm not feeling this. And so after the second appointment, I didn't say anything. Um, she had kind of pushed me to kind of schedule or she had given me a date of a potential opening for surgery. And I thought, okay, great. I said, you know, like, I'll get back to you. And I left and I was like, no, I can't do this. And during this time, I'd actually started reading a book by Rich Roll called Finding Ultra. Um, and he's also got a podcast, which is one of my favorites. It's really good. And he talks about in this book, how his wife, Julie healed herself, healed assist in her neck through Ayurveda with the help of Ayurveda. And that to me was like the first time I had heard that it was actually possible to heal yourself through natural means. And I was like, I was just so drawn to it. And I was so interested and so at this point I was in Barcelona and I had found an Ayurvedic practitioner and I thought to myself because she kind of she talks about how her her journey and how she, you know you have to change your diet and it's incorporating new herbs and it's really it's a, it's a lifestyle change and I was really kind of I was worried about giving up my comfort foods I was worried about being able to adhere to such a to a strict protocol but I knew that if I didn't try that I would regret it so I found an Ayurvedic practitioner um, we created a protocol which was basically she told me to eliminate a group of foods so it was no red meat no dairy no fried foods no spicy foods no shellfish basically really wanting to eliminate the inflammation in my body. And she prescribed some herbs and an oil to apply to the tumor. And for the first year, I felt really confident. I was like, this is great. I'm following this protocol. This is, gonna, this is what's going to do it. This is what's going to heal me. Feeling really great. And she told me that it would, might take between one to two years. So after the first year, I wasn't seeing any results. And I was like, huh. I was like, maybe this isn't going to work for me. And that really, and when I first met up with her, she told me, you know, if you don't follow this diet, if you don't 
follow what I've prescribed to a T, it's not going to work. And that right there had kind of planted the seed of doubt that if I have something, if I eat something that I'm not supposed to, it's going to undo all of this work that I've done to kind of, you know, heal and cleanse myself. And so there were times that, of course, you know, I had a piece of cheese or I had something that was fried or I had something that, you know, that I wasn't supposed to. And I was so hard on myself when I had eaten that thing that I wasn't supposed to. I mean, I would berate myself for days and Mm -hmm. the guilt and the shame. And what I've learned now is that that will do so much more mm-hmm. harm than just eating that piece of food and enjoying it. Exactly. So I, true. I'm such a believer in that. And you can so, be eating organic to the cows come yeah. home, but if you're eating it with neuroses Absolutely. around the food and you're stressed yeah. out, it's, it's not going to be feeding your cells in the best way. Absolutely. And so I'm, you know, I'm going through this Ayurvedic protocol, but in the meantime, I'm becoming orthorexic. I've become so stressed out about my food that I've become so stressed out about you know, taking the herbs at the right time and doing it properly. And I was creating so much stress and I was really starting to worry about paying for the treatment because it was a significant investment for me at the time. And it really, yeah, I created so much stress. I was worrying that the treatment wasn't going to work. I was worrying that I was doing it wrong. I was worrying that, you know, that piece of cheese that I had last week was going to undo, you know, six months of, you know, protocol. And so... I really created this kind of fear in my body. And I was like, oh my God, like maybe this isn't going to work and so on and so forth. But during this time too, I had started to study holistic nutrition and herbalism because I really wanted to understand what was going on in my body, what else I could do, like what it was communicating, what it needed. And so when I had... Because I would come back to Vancouver for my kind of my test results and stuff. I was in Barcelona working um, in yachting at the time, but would come back to Vancouver. And this is where I would get all of my testing and work with my doctors. And so I found a great functional medicine doctor. And I had told her, I'm doing this. Is, these are my issues. I'm doing a Ayurvedic protocol. And she was so supportive. I really expected her to ask me like, what, are, what, is, what is Ayurveda? What are you doing? You should stop it. But she was so supportive. And she said, you know, these healing modalities often work on the energetics. And she, was, she really encouraged me to keep going. But at this time, it had been about a year and a half, maybe two years. And I was so mentally exhausted from I think the doubt and the fear and the kind of the relationship I built with food was one of stress. I wasn't enjoying anything anymore. I wouldn't allow myself to have a cookie without, you know, just the amounts of fear and stress and shame. And so in my mind at this time, I was like, I think I'm going to take a break. I'm going to stop and I'm going to take a break or you know, I'll reevaluate things a bit later. And so I had, so with my functional medicine doctor, I'd gotten my ultrasound and I really had hope for, you know, that I was going to see some improvements that they were going to say, you know, we, yeah, your tumor is shrunk, you know, we're seeing great results. And that would have been really the kind of go ahead for me to be like, okay, keep going with the Ayurvedic thing. It's working really well. I got my, my results back and the tumor had almost doubled. And I was like, and she, oh and I my her, gosh. Like, I mean, that must have been a punch to the gut. It was, I was so 
like in shock and frustrated. And I asked her like four different times, like, are you sure? I'm like, like maybe like they sent you like somebody else's results. Like, I'm sure like that's wrong. There's no way that that could happen. And she was like, no, like it's almost that under, it was just under four inches. Oh my God. Oh, that's no joke. Oh my God. Like it really, it was huge. And I was like, how is this possible? I've just, you know, eliminated all these foods. I've been taking all these herbs. But what that taught me was that, as you said, Jenna, you can take, you can eat all of the organic food, you can take all the herbs, all the pills, but if you are stressed, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't, yeah, if you don't believe in your body, body's ability to heal, if you don't relax, then you can negate all of that stuff. And it's really, if you know, your intention behind what you eat has a lot of power. And the gratitude and the love you feel for things can really change, alter what you put into your body. So what it taught me was that, you know, the energy, the energetics behind what we do can far out weigh, can far outdo what we, what we put into our body physically. And so I stopped my Ayurvedic treatment and I thought, I'm going to figure something else out. We're going to, you know, I'm going to look to other methods and modalities to heal myself. And so I turned to... Yeah, dived in more into herbs and nutrient deficiencies. And lo and behold, you know, after a couple of years of try, trial and error and testing these things, I've been able to shrink all of my fibroadenomas and my tumor um, through a variety of methods. So it's been, yeah, it's truly been a journey of um, trial and error and really kind of, um, of intuitive Wow, guidance. and so what do you attribute truly the shrinking of your tumor to? Obviously, you said uh, um, herbs. What else was there? There was iodine is great for shrinking growths. Um, It's also one of the reasons that women can develop a lot of these growth is from a lack of iodine deficiency because iodine is anti-estrogenic and will help to keep estrogen in check. And an excess of estrogen is generally what can fuel the growth of you know, tumors and cysts and lumps and create breast pain and tenderness. So I really feel like nutrient deficiencies is at a big root cause of a lot of imbalances throughout a woman's body. It's really, you know, if you're low in magnesium, if you're low in vitamin D3, B vitamins, zinc, all of these have an impact on how your body functions and metabolizes hormones. And so if you're, and that was my experience is I was deficient in so many things that, you know, your body doesn't work, your body doesn't have what it needs to do what it and do you think the root cause of being so, um, uh, in, insufficient in all the vitamins and minerals is comes down to gut health and gut health is the thing that we need to strengthen yeah. in order to be able to absorb all the nutrients and vitamins from the foods that we're eating yeah I think gut health is huge and that was one of the protocols that my naturopath put me on was you know let's you know let's get your gut health back in shape because yeah if you can't absorb the nutrients that you're eating well then your body is not getting anything and you create deficiencies and also stress i mean just a week of being stressed you can deplete your vitamins and minerals by up to 40 percent so and stress can be nutritional stress maybe you're eating inorganic foods maybe it's a lack of sleep Mm. maybe it's stress at work maybe it's stress in a relationship maybe it's environmental stress a lot of noise um yeah there's different factors and i think you know it can vary from Mm. person to person Fascinating. I've noticed in the past couple of months, just in my own life, how stress has really affected my life, my health, sorry, because I have been under a lot of stress like in the last couple of months and it just feels like it's been relentless. And I feel like a lot of health breakdowns around that. So interesting. 
Yeah, and it's really something that I found that doctors don't go to right away when you have some issues. You know, they should, from my experience, I believe, you know, one of the first things you can do is to have your nutrient levels tested and to see where you're at. You know, and usually magnesium depletes really quickly, zinc. And an easy way to find out if you're zinc deficient is if you look at your nails and you have white spots, you're most likely experiencing a zinc deficiency. So little things like that that can make a huge impact on, you know, your immune system and staying healthy and mitigating stress. How long ago were you diagnosed with the tumors? And then how long have you been on your natural pilgrimage for? And what are the results today? So I've, um, so my tumor shrunk about a third at this point. Um, and I, my fibroadenomas have all shrunk as of my last ultrasound last year. So I still, I need to go and get, um, get an update to see where I'm currently at, but yeah, everything is healing and shrinking and I just keep, you know, following my guidance and doing what I'm doing and making sure that, you know, I'm taking the iodine. Castor oil packs are also incredibly healing for breast issues and, you know, experimenting with herbs and trying different regimens and really being more nurturing to myself. Like really, I'm really more aware of the energy that I'm, mm-hmm. that, you know, my self-talk and my self-thought and taking time to rest Do you find that there are specific emotional, uh, mental thought loops or ways of being that specifically are related to breast health that you have been working on simultaneously to the physical diet and exercise and herbs and all that other stuff? Yeah. You know, she talks about how breast imbalances are connected to the, an energetic of nurturance. And so when we aren't nurturing ourselves, when we put our attention outwards, when we focus on others, we put ourselves first, we create an imbalance with, you know, with our, with a nurturance energy that we're no longer directing. And so, and breasts are incredibly sensitive to not only our relationship with ourselves, but the relationship we have with others. And there's, um, and there we have such a tendency to hold our emotional upsets in our breasts. And so it's really important to, I mean, or really, I think, you know, for any kind of breast imbalance, it's an opportunity for us to, to turn inwards and to ask ourselves, how am I not nurturing myself? And maybe that's, you know, I'm not eating the right foods. I've been eating poorly. Maybe I'm not paying attention to myself. I'm not allowing myself to rest. I'm not vocalizing what I'm feeling. Even sometimes it's not even so much vocalizing with somebody else, but it's just allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling in that moment and to be okay with it and to feel it and to release it in a healthy manner so that it doesn't stay bottled up and it doesn't start to manifest as, uh, as imbalances. Mm -hmm. That internalization is what will bottle up and manifest. And I want to know what are your daily, weekly rituals that keep you focusing on your breast health that maybe if we have some listeners who are also suffering with some issues, health issues around their breasts, they can start, you know, marinating on that and applying that for their own life. Some of the rituals that have really helped me is to be, is to look at my breasts in a loving manner and to appreciate all that they've done and all that they've taught me because I would not be here right now had it not been for my imbalances and I wouldn't have learned everything that I've learned And part of me, I'm kind of glad that I didn't heal through Ayurveda because it's brought me so much further. I've had to dive in so much deeper and to explore 
the root causes of my imbalances and how I'm nurturing myself emotionally and spiritually and physically. And another ritual that I've created recently that's really helped me, um, I feel, to heal and to, to cleanse and to detoxify is a breast mask. I wanted something that would allow me to nurture myself physically and to spend and to focus a positive energy on this part of my body. So it's, you know, it uses a variety of ingredients from like oils to herbs, seaweeds, essential oils, flower remedies. And depending on what I'm dealing with at that time, I can focus, I can tailor that recipe, that formula to, let's say maybe I wanted to create like a detoxifying mask where I wanted to remove, help remove the heavy metals from my breast tissue because a lot of heavy metals can be found in, you know, conventional deodorants, which we put under our armpits and then they're, you know, then they get into the breast tissue, which is super absorbent. And um, yeah, it's really important to detoxify the breast tissue to help promote lymphatic flow. And so I found too, when I make these masks, it's really a time that I honor myself. Women can go to my website and they fill out a questionnaire. And depending on what their goals and their needs are, I will tailor a mask to, with a variety of ingredients. So maybe it's like reishi mushrooms to a flower essence that will help promote you know self-worth and self-love maybe it's working on maybe they don't like you know their selves or their breasts so maybe I do something that's focused more on like the heart chakra or in incorporating ingredients such as rose water or rose essential oil it depends on you know the woman's needs I can custom make here are some ingredients that I think might support them mm -hmm. and sometimes you know it can be really simple you know sometimes I do one at home and it'll just be a bit of castor oil some French green clay and some turmeric or, you know, add a, adding an essential oil to it. I think, you know, depending on what you have at home, they can be really easy to, to formulate as well. Beautiful. Love it. And Rochelle, what are some really common breast imbalances? Obviously the tumors are things that are like, whoa, maybe not be as common, but what do you think most women suffer with when it comes down to breast health? And I think every woman at some point in her life will experience a type of breast imbalance. And I think it can be something as simple as, you know, just breast pain and tenderness related to like the monthly menstrual cycle. Um, it could be breast pain related to stress, um, emotional upsets. And, you know, it can be, you know, a lot of women also deal with cysts, fibrinomas. It can be maybe a plugged milk duct for women who are breastfeeding, infections like mastitis, cancer, unfortunately, for many. Um, yeah, I think it depends on, you know, breast, you know, even just like swelling and tenderness. Um, I think it depends on what, um, yeah, I think it's, it can be different for each woman, but it's, uh, I think it's unfortunately something that we all go through at one point. Or I know somebody very close to us, which is going through yeah. it or... You know, because I know my mom, for example, had breast cancer. So just off the top of my head. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, she, she yeah, survived. It's, that's great. And it's unfortunate because it's so common. I mean, I know I had a friend in her early 20s years ago who was diagnosed with a very rare breast cancer. My grandmother had it. My aunt, two of my aunts had it. It's really quite prominent. And I think... Um, well, 
yeah, hopefully in the future it won't be so And for common. me, I mean, from my perspective, that goes back to sort of what my definition was trying to get at is like for our, for women, like we have this heart-based wisdom, this intuition, this wisdom of the heart, you know? And a lot of times in our society, in our patriarchal society, that voice of our wisdom is stifled or we internalize it or we have issues with our connections through our with our loved ones, you know, because that's what the heart chakra is, is, is where we connect with our loved ones' energies. And like with all of the weird relationship patterns patterns that are shown to us in the media and pushed upon us from birth and negative patterns, I think a lot of that energy gets kind of stuck in the heart chakra of the female body. So I know when my mom, for example, manifested um, breast cancer, I was sort of thinking along those lines as terms for what it was rooted in, you know, for her. Absolutely. And I think like a lot of the times there's a huge emotional component to a lot of cancers. You know, you hear of women who have gone through a, like the 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 loss of a loved one or through divorce or through major kind of traumatic emotional events. And several years later, you know, they develop cancer, often breast cancer. And so it's important to, I think whatever it is we're going through to, to deal mm. with it as best we can and to release it, you know, to not to deal with it in, the, in a healthy manner, to get the support that we need and to put ourselves first, you know, to say no to anything that is not nurturing for us at that moment and to really put ourselves first um, and, and I think that's yeah. really one thing that's nice about your protocols as well. It's just like with the masks, for example, is like it really uh, brings you into that healing space with yourself and drawing those energies forth so that you're giving them space to be released, you know, and even if you haven't manifested tumors or issues yet, it's like to have a practice like that now could, um, you know, be the preventative thing that you need. Absolutely. And that was one of the things too, is that you want, I think most women want to be preventative and want to be proactive with their breast health. They don't want to worry about, you know, something later on in life. Um, you know, even if maybe they have, you know, a history of breast cancer and they don't want to go down that same road, if you can start to be proactive about it now and do little things, even sometimes it's just as simple as just making sure that your vitamin D levels are you know, they're not deficient and you have sufficient levels. I mean, that can make a huge impact on, you know, whether or not you do manifest cancer or even the simple like breast massage practice, you know, just to move the lymphatic system to help move the toxins out. And even just, you know, thanking yourself and thanking your breasts for doing everything that they're doing and just to kind of sending love in that area because your breasts really do respond to... I um, think positive it's positive and loving intention. Absolutely, mostly <laughs> water. It. I think it's really fascinating your point, Rochelle, that you said you had two cousins and an auntie, or there's a, clearly a imprint around breast health issues in your family lineage. And I know that a lot of people say, oh, it's certain health issues are hereditary or you're more susceptible to them if you've had, you know, your lineage has suffered from that as well. But no one really talks about the emotional imprint that is hereditary through your lineage. And so totally. there may be a story that the women in your family have created throughout the centuries and are passing down to through the lineage and this is your calling to heal that not just for yourself but for all the women that came before you and the women that are going to come after you so I feel like there's such an it's so important to consider the emotional relationship to the physical manifestation and be coincidingly working mm -hmm. on releasing that 
mm-hmm. healing that that wound as you're healing physically in order to then rewrite the script physically, emotionally, spiritually going forward. It's it's a really my and I also love how you said that um you know the direct correlation between the emotion and a specific body part. My, it made me think of my grandma who had poor little Gugsy, I miss her. But my Gaga was living oh. with my uncle, so her son and family for many, many years. And she was with the kids and helping around the home. And they just got to a point where they kind of, I guess they felt like she was a bit of a nuisance and they moved her from a home. Aww, I know, Gugsy. little Gugsy. She was such a tiny little thing as well. Wait, Gugsy, so you yeah. Her Gugsy? I know. Oh, and that's what Valentine calls her. So they oh, moved Gugsy, sweet. the Gugs, <laughs> from this home based environment where she clearly felt like she had a position and responsibilities and a role. And they moved her into a home. And I will never forget my mom telling me she's so brokenhearted. And probably about six months later, her heart stopped pumping and she died. She was found just stopped. Just stopped. And she was found on the floor of the nursery. And I couldn't help but thinking, of course, she died of heart issues. She was brokenhearted. Like she was, her heart hurt. And I I can't. Totally. You can die of a broken heart. Yeah. And actually, I I think that's such a beautiful thing to keep in mind. If, you know, if you say you have an issue in your lower back, a lot of the time people say, where in your life do you not feel supported? You know, or the eye starts to go foggy. What are you not wanting to see in your life? It's such a fascinating way to decode what physical issues are manifesting by just taking a step back and saying, what is emotionally getting stagnant and blocked in my system that I'm not facing and dealing and moving through? Yeah, it's a fun little game to play that one. Absolutely. So I would love to know super quickly, what are some dietary and herbal choices that people could be making on the daily to ensure really healthy breast health? I know you mentioned iodine, which is in seaweed, right? So what is broccoli a superfood or like what is something that we can just incorporate that can like, (laughs) that can help us all on the daily? One of the first, one of the most important things is really looking at the quality of your food, making sure to eat organic as often as possible. I know it's not always, you know, it's not always feasible for everyone, but um, because, you know, the chemicals and the pesticides that are found in the organic foods are known as xenoestrogen and create increased estrogen in your body. So if you're wanting to keep, you know, kind of estrogen and your hormones balanced and functioning properly, making sure that you're not eating um, and consuming, you know, inorganic foods, refined, processed, wanting to eliminate any source of, you know, unnecessary inflammation from like fried foods. Refined sugar is a big one to um, eliminate. It's Breast tissue is incredibly sensitive to high sugar diets, which raises estrogen and increases cellular inflammation. Removing dairy as well, it's quite inflammatory, and the antibiotics and the hormones that, the, that are 
fed to the cows, um, end up recirculating in a woman's body and increasing, you know, estrogen levels. Cruciferous vegetables are really, really healing and detoxifying for women. Um, they really help your liver to metabolize estrogen. Is that properly. cabbage? So, Sorry to interrupt. Because I love yeah, it's cabbage. Cabbage and it's There's my broccoli, broccoli cauliflower, it's kale. It's kale. And so, yes. I don't resonate with absolutely kale. Absolutely. All reason. of those Sorry. things. Doesn't matter. That's a digression. <laughs> it yeah. had its day. Um, so, cruciferous vegetables are great. You know, and eating more grains. Regardless of what you're dealing with, you know, it, it's the key to lowering inflammation. They help to balance hormones. It's, they're detoxifying. Um, they're healing and, and so much more. And they help, especially for women, because breasts will have a tendency to hold on to heavy metals because heavy metals like to be are found in fatty tissue. So if you can kind of, you know, eliminate those heavy metals as best you can, eating greens is a great way to do it. So... Removing dairy, eating more cruciferous, eating more greens, eliminating sugar, um, and eating a fiber-rich diet because that's how essentially fiber is excreted from the body is through fiber. So, you know, nuts, seeds, vegetables, fruits, staying hydrated, eating, you know, drinking a quality filtered or spring water, um, staying away from tap, you know, maintaining a hydrated lymphatic system is really important. If you can really focus on your liver, um, it's such a great way to... To, to, to detoxify and to purify the blood. And so for herbs, for instance, um, dandelion is wonderful for supporting, you know, liver detoxification. And when it comes to breast health, it's really great for the prevention and treatment of various breast diseases. So like cysts or tumors, cancer, inflammation, um, lumps, um, it's really also, it's a really great breast lymph detoxifier and it, you know, it helps to protect and heal and tone the liver. And so, and dandelion is great. We abbreviate absolutely <laughs> everything possible. So we call them dandelates in Australia and they became, yeah, it's a thing. Oh, it's, it's like a, a baby chino, but it's, it's a replacement. It's a substitute for a coffee latte because, you know, we love our lattes mm. and Mm, I want to come to Australia and drink yeah. some dandy lattes. It's because so I don't delicious like and it's healthy for you. So it's basically just the dandy tea that can come in. It's dandelion root, right? Yes. And then so they 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 um, yes. they break it down and it's condensed into like a I don't want to say powder because it's not that fine, but it's a the the granules are a little bit bigger than that, and then you just use it as instant coffee, and then you froth up some some milk, alternative milk, of course, and bam, you have a beautiful healing latte at your fingertips. That sounds really good. Yeah, and what a great way to. Yeah, it's such a great preventative medicine, and it's it's great for so many things. It's dandelion's really a medicine that's not used enough. I went really deep into the <laughs> Kundalini yoga world, and I know that you do Kundalini as well. Is this an avenue that has helped you on your healing journey? You know, it really has. I feel like it's really helped me to strengthen my nervous system as someone who's been always very kind of like anxious and nervous. It's really helped me to, yeah, create strength and strengthen my nervous system. And it's really helped me become aware of my breath. And it's helped me to really focus my energy 
like lovingly and in, in a direct manner. And there's just so many beautiful like mantras and kriyas that you can do every day. And when you start to see the shifts of how these kriyas affect like your aura and affect your confidence and affect your breath, your whole life really kind of changes. Um, it's really something that I've found to be so beneficial. And I really hope that, um, yeah, more women try it. And it's really something that, yeah, I really do believe that it's helped my healing journey because I feel like when you're doing a Kriya that's focused on like the heart center or you're doing an exercise for, you know, five minutes where you're moving your arms constantly, you're helping to move the lymphatic and you're helping, you know, to open up the shoulders and the neck and you're helping to release stress and everything's connected. So it's really, um, yeah, I absolutely love it. And, um, yeah, I find it quite challenging. I but love it's how so, Kundalini so bridges the subconscious so and conscious minds together and really highlights the emotional, physical connection. And as you said, just helps reboot, recharge yeah. and blast your aura out. I've, I found so many magical things happening to me when I was doing Kundalini yoga, like crazy things that are unexplainable except that kundalini yoga was the reason why that magic came into my life. It was really fascinating. <laughs> um, okay, great. So do you have any more questions, Jenna? <laughs> no, I, I just, one of the things that really, I really noticed about your story when back to your story at the beginning was just your eternal optimism. That's like, I feel it's like that optimism, that knowledge that you're going to heal. Because when you were telling us about your healing journey, it was like you would cut, you, you would go, you, the first time you got the, the, the tumor or the, in, you know, the tumor, I guess you went, you got the surgery. You're like, this is going to fix it. This is going to be the healing, you know? And then you were doing the Ayurveda and you're like, this is it. This is the fit, you know, this is going to heal me, you know? And it's like, almost <laughs> like you knew that something was going to heal you and you like really never lost that optimism. And it was like that optimism and tenacity that kept you going and going and going, um, you know, to f eventually create this whole thing, you know? So I think it's just so beautiful to witness. Oh, thank you. And it's funny that you mentioned that because when I was in the doctor's office and she'd give me my test results back, I remember telling her like, mm -hmm. I'm going to figure this out. Like at one point or another, I'm going to figure what I need to do to heal and I'm going to do this. And so I really feel like I set the intention right then and there to be like, all right, we're going to heal and figure something out and I think for anyone who's dealing with any kind of imbalance if it's not if you're not healing as quickly as you like if you're not kind of getting the results there's a, there's always a lesson to be learned there's always something to dive in a bit further and really you know your body will heal in the right time sometimes you know these issues have been developing for a long time and we want them to kind of disappear overnight but it doesn't always happen that way I mean it's I've been on a six year journey now of trying to, you know, heal these imbalances, you know, and the more, and the more I go on, the more I deep, I dive into this, the more I learn and the more I heal on like an emotional level and a spiritual level and on a physical level. So as much as part of me is like, Oh, I just kind of want to be done with this. I'm really kind of finally able wow. to enjoy the journey now and appreciate wow. the growth. And it's kind of funny because I've recently, I've been getting into astrology a lot lately and I've really been, I've just learned about the kind of the significance about the North Node and the South Node. And for me, one of the things I learned about the North Node, they say, if you're 
going to go if you're going to focus on anything in your chart it's going to be the north node and i just learned that my north node is in cancer mm. in the 11th house and for me my whole purpose so your north node is kind of like your your karma what you're meant to master in this lifetime and for me my north node is all about nurturing myself and so i was like wow like it's not only like my karma only it's it's only it's showing up uh-huh on a physical plane to help me master this what i'm supposed to do which is nurture myself and build a strong inner foundation so jenna as you mentioned like the kundalini yoga i think the kundalini yoga is really helping me to build that strong okay inner well foundation. then i guess it, it was totally <laughs> relevant <laughs> <laughs> like kind of see like the commonalities and I was like wow like it's I feel like it's not there's a reason for why all these things yeah, kind of show perfect. up to teach it's all divinely you orchestrated in some way we just have to trust the process written in the That's stars true. yeah well Absolutely. that was fascinating thank really you is. so much for sharing your story with us Rochelle where can our audience find you and follow you and connect with you so my website so my brand is metanoia the website URL is hermetanoia.com and that's H-E-R-M-E-T-A-N-O-I-A.com. I'm on Instagram at her underscore metanoia. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on with us today. Uh, thank you so much for having me and for your support. It really, it really means a lot because I really do appreciate the work that you girls are doing. Over here, I have an invitation for our listeners, if you dare to take on something from this episode. Give your boobies some love and take on a daily ritual that spends that sends love and flowing energy to your girls. This may look like a gentle massage or a mask or simply clearing energetic blockages that may be stagnating that energy in your breasts. Take on the diet take on the herbs, take on kundalini yoga or anything that resonates with you that gets that lymphatic system flowing. And that's it for today. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and we would so appreciate if you showed your appreciation by spreading the love, sharing this episode, subscribing to us on iTunes to make sure you don't miss an episode and giving us a five-star review, of course. And until next week, have an amazing day, hour, minute, second, and we'll have you with us very, very soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye, guys.